afternoon good evening wherever you may be and where have you been and was it exciting and did you get arrested i hope not because the bell money went last time but whatever it is you did i'm sure it was exciting and i look forward to you telling me all about it but not right now because i am about to bring you not one not two but three whole interviews well not whole interviews partial interviews we get to that in a minute. From Long Cardinal, Tara Spencer Nan, and Eric Peterson. Now these are exclusive interviews you won't hear anywhere outside of this podcast, unless of course the three of them have recorded other podcasts. But uh, this is exclusive in as much as this is them answering my questions in a particular word order. They, they, they probably never said these exact words in this order before ever and will never do again. And that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Yeah, get round that, lawyers, if you will. So if you were listening to the last episode when I was speaking to Lorne, you'd remember that I mentioned that I'd already spoken to Tara and Eric and it had all gone horribly wrong. Horribly, horribly wrong. The uh, technological side of things was against us. The tin can I was using to speak to them and the bit of string that connected us had a knot in it somewhere and the tin can was all bent and it still had last week's beans in it. It just didn't work, unfortunately. I used Skype to record these interviews and when I tried to download the videos so I could rip the audio out of them, they were corrupted. So I managed to correct that. I managed to get the videos, got the audio, but there's was an awful lot that wasn't usable especially where tara was concerned unfortunately uh all i have i spoke to her for about 15 minutes and i have roughly four minutes left so there's only about three questions and also i had all these interesting questions i thought would be slightly left field a bit more interesting than your usual so what's it like playing karen and you know as much as it's interesting to hear them talk about it i I like to try and ask something that's slightly different well i panicked and i just went to what's it like playing karen just to try and get us through the the 15 minutes without too much hassle uh the, the eric stuff came up slightly better you will hear the audio quality isn't great and you'll hear bits where the sound where there's a delay you can hear me talking over Eric ever so slightly I apologize for that I tried to I've rectified it everywhere that I possibly can but you'll hear it anyway but Eric was fantastic it was so funny such a great guy to talk to Uh, I could listen to him talking for ages and he was obviously winging it in certain parts of our chat and uh, he had me in stitches very very funny man and where Tara's concerned, uh, the bits you miss out is I, I spoke to her very briefly about her role in Killjoys, the sci-fi channel series where she played a baddie. Um, I thought that might dig up some interesting information. I also wanted to ask her about a, a project that she's got coming out shortly. But I'll save that for another time. Uh, it all went horribly wrong. So we, as I said, we stuck to 
things that are pretty much basic. What I did was I saved part of my interview with Lorne to try and bulk things out a bit because uh, otherwise this would be a very short episode. Not a bad thing, and that's why I'm chuntering on a bit now as well. Anyway, I hope you enjoy what I have got for you, and in the future I'll try and get back in touch with Tara particularly. I know Eric's not too good with what I'm told. I don't know, actually, I'm told that he's not too hot on Skype and technical hoofa doofery, so that might be a little bit more tricky, but you never know. I'll, I'll try my best to get him back on, and same with Tara. I've already put my feelers out. Ooh, that sounds a bit rude. I already put my um, uh, things out. No, I can't make say this without it sounding rude. I've I've asked her people if we can chat again. They are. That does it. <laughs> so anyway, here's the last part of Lorne. First off, we were talking we previously about Corner Gas and uh, how he got the role of Davis. And we just start, kept talking about that, really. So uh, let's crack on. Whizzing forward a little bit to the animated series, which is going mm. gangbusters. Did you? Was it easy picking up the character again after being away for so long? It was surprisingly easy, and it was the same thing we figured we we found out when we did the movie. We, it was uh, like a good five years since from the end of the series to the movie. After our first day of filming, we were kind of like. This is scary because <laughs> everyone <laughs> slipped right into the this like we've been away for a weekend, a long weekend or something, and it was just it was yeah. pretty uh, it was pretty phenomenal. <laughs> Being in studio for this is is fun because we get they're smart in recording all of us at the same time. So half in Toronto, half in Vancouver, being able to hear each other over the earphones is is great. It helps with our delivery and our and our chemistry again and. We get to have a quick little visit in between takes and yeah. see who's doing joke a lot. A lot of, lot of jokes, a lot of stories going on. Did you have to sit for the animators so they could catch your likeness? And, or, um... No, they, uh, they did that on their own. They drew everything. We, we got uh, given drawings before they went into animation just to see if we approved and stuff. And there were a few tweaks here and there. I asked them to give me a waist. <laughs> <laughs> The first one I became, I was very square. I was very boxy, and I kind of like, yeah, I don't know. And yeah. and, and they drew me right-handed, so I had to make those tweaks. And I said, uh, yeah, you drew me right-handed. They go, what do you mean? I said, I'm left-handed. I wore my gun on my left hand. I had my pens in on my left side, and yeah. you know, little things like that. My watch was on my left hand, and some yeah. li- little things like that I'd catch, which they didn't. So, all right. Yeah. But other than that, yeah, they were, they, they were, uh, yeah, they've done an amazing, amazing job. Yeah, they really have. I mean, catching all the um, expressions and such like. Is that something that ha- have to point them towards as well for performance point of view, I suppose? No, but I think it's uh, it's important when you're when you're recording and you're doing it to keep that in mind that you you're that you end up doing the look that they say you know that they suggest in the script that you end up doing it because it, it reflects in your voice, whatever you do facially, it reflects in the voice. So you try and mimic what you think it's going to be. And, and, and that just helps them because they can hear it, a change. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And again, working with the pauses and you take these little things into consideration and it teaches you how to use your voice a bit more too, because you're working with a microphone. So you're, you can get really closer really far away and you know all these different <laughs> techniques and i'd imagine the, the the radio plays and such i probably came in uh handy for that 
Oh yeah, yeah, so, yeah. And any chance you get to work in front of a microphone, I, I, I grab it. Do some narration as well, and I work on another animated series, so I'm constantly. Mo- Molly of uh, Denali is that what? Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. How, how's that going? Because I've, I've I've only read a little bit about that one. Um, it's fantastic. We uh, we premiered on July 15th on PBS. And then uh, the local, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, the CBC, is going to be airing us on September 2nd. So we'll be playing in Canada and the U.S. Oh, excellent. Uh, And it's the first animated series in American history featuring a lead Indigenous character, which is Molly, an eight-year-old girl. So the whole whole premise is um, they're... Like fifteen-minute episodes because our our uh, our demographic is four to eight-year-olds. Okay. So and it's and it features Molly, who's very inquisitive, eight-year-old uh, Alaskan girl, a Gwich'in girl, who uh, is doing a a, a vlog <laughs> from her trading post. So you meet her her mom, who's a bush pilot, her grandfather, who I play, Grandpa Nat, who's a, a volcanologist. Oh, okay. Yes. So, so she's very inqu- asking questions all the time. So she learns about science, she learns about technology, and she learns about her history, her her people's history, the history of Alaska. Yeah. So they're very, uh, yeah, very positive, positive stories and positive characters for little for little people. <laughs> when I was reading up about it, how I was thinking of like Sesame Street, for example, where you're teaching about alphabet and such like and then when you read about mm-hmm. molly she's learning about technology and um, yeah it just shows the the change in times and, and yeah and and it's about uh, um how to determine good information from bad information and how to properly research and be you know be aware of these things and yeah yeah because because it's such a this machine, this social media stuff is, is so prevalent now. I mean, kids are more advanced than I ever was or because <laughs> this didn't exist when I was a kid. So Yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. And, and it's important that they learn the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so she learns about her words and language and songs and, uh, and animal and harmony with the environment as well. So, you know, it's very, uh, it, it's a great, it's a great little show. It's, you know, I'm, I'm lucky to be a part of it. So. Yeah, it, it, it sounds great, and uh, it's and it's great that it, it's it's uh, spreading past uh, the borders and and into US and hopefully over here sometime. And I, I know I'm going to get yeah. asked a lot now. When can I see it? Yeah, <laughs> that's great. I've, I've had some people watch it already. Have seen the because if you get cable, you get PBS. So yeah. people have have seen it already, and they and they love it. Their kids watch it with their kids, you know, which is great. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. One thing that, uh, while I remember it, because I haven't written it down, one thing I keep getting asked recently, I don't know if you know the answer, but season two of Corner Gas Animator has been shown in two episodes at a time. And people keep asking me, what, why? It's, it's going to be finished any minute. And Do you know if there's any reason for that? I don't know. I don't know. Just because yeah. we're so popular? I guess so. I, I, I was wondering... Half hour isn't enough? <laughs> yeah, well, it's very true. I did that cross my mind, legitimately. Yeah. <laughs> I, I assumed it was a scheduling thing or maybe getting it onto Crave and then maybe other platforms. They need to speed up the process a little bit. Just yeah, to... maybe. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe it is about content, you know, providing content. Because mm. now we're, we're getting people who are discovering it for the first time, you know. And, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
my, again, my stat show, it used to be that all my readers, most of them were Canadian and then England because probably because of my connection and then, uh-huh. and then the US. Now the US has just rocketed right up the top. Uh, nice. And, uh, and then Canada. United Arab Emirates is very, is very popular. Uh, Russia and Ireland, France, Germany, and all the places actually that aren't English speaking, which you'd think, so I assumed it was something due to with Amazon, but it probably isn't. But the Amazon influence is definitely showing even on my little scale. Mm-hmm. That's really good to see. Yeah, it's, I think we're in 26 countries around the world or however far Amazon goes. I mean, it's pretty extensive coverage. Yeah, six, 60, over 60 countries. Uh, obviously, I keep an eye on all these things. It's nice just to see new new faces, new new names pop up all the time from all over the world. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, no, it's lovely, and and obviously still going strong in Canada. So uh, second season had the highest uh, percentage of, of viewings, I think, for the premiere. Yeah, uh, yeah. I saw so uh, still going strong. Is is there any news on the season three? Yeah, so if you need an, I keep saying this to everyone I've spoken to, if you need an English voice at all, <laughs> I know a fella. <laughs> nice. Um, so, uh, most exciting thing uh, I've seen recently, you're, you're going to be uh, doing your first convention expo. Oh, the Fan and, Expo, yeah. 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 Is, yeah. Is, that your, is, is that your first convention? Yeah, it's my first uh, Fan Expo, so I'm quite curious to see how that, what that's all about. Yeah, I see people do it all the time. It's like, oh, okay, well, let's, let's see what happens. Yeah, are you are you just are, is are you going to be doing Q and A's and things like that, or? I think we're sitting on a panel, and I think we're yeah doing that kind of stuff, and then also just sitting and signing and yeah. taking pictures and getting pictures taken, and I've done a lot of those, and those are those take uh, take its toll. If you yeah. sit there for like four hours at a time and it's your hand cramps up a little bit from signing and Crikey. smiling and being <laughs> off all the time. It's like at the end of the day, it's like, ah, so tired. Yeah, really. It's a lot of energy. Yeah, it's a lot of energy to put out there. But, you know, the, the fans are, are coming out and it's the least I can do. They're the reason why we're our show is so popular. So it's I, mm. I have no qualms about spending time with them and chatting with them and taking pictures because. Without them, we'd be it wouldn't be the same. So and and 
a lot of this stuff is because of fan demand. That's why we went to anime. That's why we did a movie because Brent was being hounded everywhere he went. When you come <laughs> back, when you do another series, when he's we'll do a movie. And then the animated idea came up. And like, well, we'll do it. <laughs> so, but Virginia, Dave, uh, David, and, and Brent work incredibly hard to get this stuff done. You know, to to make the animated possible and. You know, without those three producers, uh, uh, the show wouldn't have gone half as far. Oh, so yeah. those they they get overlooked quite a bit, and it's you know it's it's a, a reminder to you know give them praise as well for all their efforts and sacrifices that they've done to make our show uh, as popular as it is. So without those guys, yeah, it would be it would have been a shorter run for sure. But they they've been committed and dedicated. So. I mean, just again, writing up uh, biographies and such like the things that they they do, and then uh, even just where I've had contact with the production office and things, and things they tell me they're up to and what they have to do, like Virginia's mm-hmm. working all hours of the day and things. Yeah. Oh, the 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 commitment is something else. It really. Is. Yeah. She, yeah. She's uh, she's pretty brilliant in getting in in getting their show done and seen and making happening dealing with the networks and broadcasters and distributors and yeah she's got all that fun business <laughs> <laughs> all the admin yeah 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 god no it can't be easy but um all, all very much appreciated by mm-hmm. you know myself and all the fans around the world I'm yeah. sure. okay so there's lawn for you the tail end of our interview that we did a few weeks ago and now on to Tara and Eric. And now, as I say, the audio isn't the best because of the technical problems we had. But there's so much good stuff here that I didn't want you to miss out. So I brought it to you as best I can. But a good audio kicked in just as I was asking Tara about something Lorne told me when I spoke to him previously, that the two of them didn't actually do a screen test together. They were just thrown in the deep end, which is a bit unusual considering what great chemistry they have on screen so i'll let her pick up the story from there so yeah we were the only two characters that didn't have a chemistry read together i think he was shooting something else so they really just had to hope that him and i worked and actually originally my character was more sort of like dope i don't want to say dopey because lauren is not dopey but my character was originally a little more um silly and his was the that I would say the more knowledgeable, better cop. And then once they saw our chemistry, they kind of switched the two characters and made mine the more sort of like stubborn down to earth and him the more sort of like flaky sort of character that he is now. So it was more of a writing element that caused that rather than because of your chemistry. Yeah, because of our chemistry and our, the, our, so our personality. Yeah, yeah. Did you prefer playing straighter and, and, and more down to earth or would you rather have kept it the other way around? Um, uh, it's hard. I think sometimes you, you sort of flip flop. I think in comedy, one of the hardest roles to do is play the straight character because you have to be so convincing and so straight. And if you're not, then the comedy doesn't work. It only works if you have that perfect balance. And I think it's comedy is about understanding your role and understanding sort of the the rhythm and the song of the scene and the tune. So while sometimes I wish I could be like the goofy, silly one, I also understand the importance and the challenge in playing the straight character to allow the comedy to exist. Comedy can be quite broad, but I think the show covers all sorts of aspects of comedy. 
and I'd imagine that is exciting as an actor. Um, but do you think that is why the show has resonated so well around the world now that it's available? You know, it's it, that is the question I feel like we always get asked. Like, what is it about this show? Is is it the comedy? Is it the dry sense of humor? Is it the characters? And you know, Brent always jokes. He's like, if I knew exactly what it was, I would just recreate it, like show after show after show after show. So I think it's 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 a mix of so many different elements together. And, and I do find that, you know, I, I'm always told, uh, you know, oh, this character reminds me of so-and-so in my life, or this character reminds me of so-and-so. So there is that relatability. But I do think, yeah, a, a lot of it is sort of that dry sense of humor that Canadians have, which, you know, people in the UK also have. It's sort of that one, that thing that we have in common that we share. Um, so I do think that that absolutely is, is one of the reasons that it does resonate. I, I see um, people come to my site from Russia and Saudi Arabia and oh, all wow. sorts of places, uh, especially Russia, actually, loads of people there. Um, so I'm quite surprised. That, yeah, yeah. Do you, do you think that um, now the show's animated as well, do, do you think that makes it even broader? Um, I think so. I mean, we have to get the animation out there, but you know, Give us time. <laughs> It'll happen eventually. Has the show changed very much from the live action to animation? Um, I mean, it changes, obviously, in that we're animated, and I think the performances vocally uh, become bigger, but I think the the tone of the show has remained exactly the same. I think they've been true to that, yeah. Is it harder to portray the character vocally, then? I find, like, to do the animation, it's not hard. Like, I know the character inside and out. But I do feel that I have to sort of bring up my performance vocally for it to translate from the voice coming out of an animated yeah. character. Yeah. It's not the same as like living it and being like a, in the moment as a live action. I feel that I do, and we all sort of do sort of have to really step up the performance and make it bigger for it to work coming out of an animated character, for sure. So that's all I have left of the Tara chat and as you can hear I asked a few questions that are a bit bog standard and I had similar answers from the other actors I've spoken to or you've read about maybe on the website so I apologize for that and I apologize to Tara too but she was a trooper she stuck with it I have a lot of footage of the two of us just staring blankly at each other across blurry internet stream and I appreciate her efforts very very much uh, it's lovely to to hear her side of the story as well and as i say hopefully one day i'll get her back on and I'll have a proper chat and we'll talk about all her other projects and things anyway eric i've got most of his chat so uh it's, it's there's a bit bit more of you to listen to and we pick up he was explaining to me how i am not an old person like he is um but when i get to that age I'll find myself using a certain word quite regularly, uh, but I'll let him tell you about that. When that moment arrives, you too will be calling everyone a jackass. You'll be calling everyone <laughs> a jackass, and the things are just stupid, you know, stupid. Anyways, the other thing, I there's a young boys, uh, especially young boys, from the, from the ages from sort of 10 to 14, they love Oscar. And I'm often faced with a young uh, fan coming up and saying, uh, would you call me a jackass? <laughs> and I go, oh, of course I will. You're a jackass. And they ride with pleasure. They love it. And so I think it's something about Oscar that has never actually matured beyond the age of 14. That is also kind of attractive. <laughs> and of course, you can't actually view Oscar alone. 
and there's Emma, and there's his wife. And that kind of relationship where you have a very uh, competent, uh, realistic woman who loves and tolerates a very unrealistic <laughs> and totally incompetent man and allows him the illusion that he is running everything and taking care of everything. That's a pretty sweet kind of uh, classical universal relationship, I think. Do you think the relationship between Oscar and Emma changed over the years? Yes, it did. Uh, it was first pretty um, adversarial and they were they weren't ships passing in the night. They were ships more or less colliding in the night, it seems to me. And as the as years went on, they actually uh, mediated that to a certain extent by having moments of affection between the two of them, which were always kind of sweet. <laughs> as an actor, I was always taken by surprise when I had to suddenly tone back Oscar from saying, you know, this is just stupid to going, my dear, let us have a kiss or something like that or, or sweet. <laughs> but it was... And the actress that played uh, Janet Wright, who played Emma, I have to just tell you this, uh, she passed away a year and a half ago or two years ago, or I, I know, uh, but I had known yeah. Janet for 50 years. I first met her in university when I was going to university. She was one of my first girlfriends. So you can imagine <laughs> the, that, the kind of the, the depth of that relationship between Emma and Oscar is actually between the two of us we went back a long way together as actor and actresses you know in, in our in our professional lives so that was a very very uh, happy coincidence for me to be able to work with this this person i'd known and respected for so long because you've been on our west end stage haven't you i have been on your west end stage yes i've been at the edinburgh festival too I, but I did, oh really uh, yes I did uh, both for the Billy Bishop goes to war, which is a Canadian play that I helped write and performed in originally an original play. A great friend of mine, John Gray, and I did it. We we did it both in at the Edinburgh Festival and in, in the West End in London. And uh, I worked on when I first beca when I first became an actor or wanted to be an actor, I left university and went to, and lived in London. I was living in England for about six years, from about 18 to 20, oh. when 18 years. So, yeah, I was a stage manager, a stage carpenter. I did, uh, I, I played in, uh, I, I was with, uh, in, the, in Canterbury at the Marlowe Theatre. I was in Farnham Rep. Uh, as a student oh. ASM. Oh. And then I was with uh, David Kirk Productions, Incorporated, which was <laughs> David Kirk Productions. I think that was this, the second lowest form of professional theatre in, in Britain at that time. It was slightly better than <laughs> Butlin's holiday camps. Anyway, uh, we, yeah, I spent a summer and <laughs> lived in St. Anne's outside of Blackpool. <laughs> so, yeah, no. Yeah. So I have a, a definite connection to the old country, yeah. I've actually managed to uh, secure an original poster from uh, the the comedy uh, theatre. Uh, oh, you been, did? Uh, yeah. The um, comedy. Um, yeah. Have, yeah. When we've had so much theatre experience and obviously television, is, uh, is this your first foray into animation? And which of the three do you prefer? It is not my first foray into, I, you know, we're all self-employed. 
you know, artist. So yeah, I've I've uh, I've been in several other cartoons. I, I play in a cartoon for four-year-olds. I'm the voice of the Rainbow King, and oh. um, yes, yes, I'm a little circle. I'm in a little circle with a little like uh, little balls on my head. I'm not even a human in this. I'm the Rainbow King, and ah. and I do things. Hello. Rocky, that's my kind of voice that I use, and I'm, um, I'm, and, anyways, it's a, so that's one. But yeah, I love the animation. I mean, I love the animation for, I mean, uh, the Corner Gas animation has been tremendous. I, in the sense that what's really pleasing about it is the is Brent's writing of these scripts, and the kind of freedom that you have when you're animating of locations and characters and events that you can do that you could never possibly do cheaply at any rate in uh, in live in a in a in a live film situation right that kind of um what shall we say that 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 larger arena imaginatively for for brent they're lovely scripts that we get and i of course it's um the the animation is the vo just doing the voice work and just reading it where your imagination is just free to do it you're not lumbered by any kind of really technical or physical things that's always that's a very sweet spot acting wise it's like doing it's like doing radio work or sound work you know it's 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 just fun to imagine that and we sh we record with uh, half the cast in Vancouver and half the cast here in Toronto we record at the same time, so you get to do the whole show in one yeah. as a as a live show, basically. You know where you can play off each other. That's also very fun, and you don't have to wait around for people to light everything. You know where you're taking days and sitting in the trailer, or, you know, getting fat at the craft services <laughs> while you wait for them to light the damn. You know, so my first love is live performance, period. I, there's no contest there. But the second one would be, I think yeah. the second one is, I think the second one is this animation thing, doing the voice. And, you know, I've never liked watching myself when I do a show. Like, I, I, when I oh. see myself live doing Oscar, I go, oh, I could have done that. But, oh, I, I, what, why did I do that? Or why did they edit it that way? I was so much better in this other take. And, and but so I've never been satisfied with my own performance, except when I've seen myself as an animated character. Then I, yeah. I think, my God, that's not too bad. <laughs> and I've learned a lot of acting things. I've learned a lot of acting things from my animated character, like the way he does things. I'm doing much more of it like this. You know, hello, hello, hello. <laughs> really clever, really clever acting tricks. I'm employing those more on stage now myself. <laughs> <laughs> did your did your animated version go to Juilliard, do you think? Maybe. <laughs> I think he probably did. That's a good point. I'm going to throw that out. I'm going to say yes, he went to Juilliard. Very, very, very talented. Was spotted first. First talent spotted in kindergarten. <laughs> ended up going scholarships to Juilliard. <laughs> I hope he's knighted. <laughs> worked, worked with Larry many times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yes. 
<laughs> are you surprised that this show is taking off so well worldwide? Well, again, I'm not that surprised, basically. I think that when it got popular in Canada, or when any show is popular in its specific uh, parochial setting and its own audience, that you've hit on something that, in the detail of that, in the specificness of the show, and in this case of the of the humor of the show and the kind of characterizations, even though they're they're drawn out in a comic, uh, a slightly comic exaggeration, there's something actually that's true about them and recognizable about them. And once you've discovered that in some part of the world, the chances are that that you you're going to hit on something universal are pretty yeah. good, because we are all human beings. Uh, and we all have, you know, we all have fathers and mothers and communities. And when you get those <laughs> dynamics right, of course we enjoy them, you know. It's like, you know, it's, uh, it, it's like Coronation Street, you know. I, I don't live on a street like that, but I can watch that show and go, I recognize those characters. I recognize the dynamics of that because I've experienced them without the accent and without the same locale, but I've experienced them. So that, 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 that aspect of the show uh, obviously will be understandable by people that live in totally different communities because those dynamics of that community um, have been illuminated in a kind of truthful way and a, tr a true way. Yeah. yeah, so I'm pleased that that happens and yeah. I think it's, it's one of the it's one of the great aspects of entertainment right now is that we we have access I think to to uh, programming from all over the world now um, by the that we can enjoy we got very serious there yeah absolutely yeah very deep very deep <laughs> one of the things that comes up regularly with fans on my site is topic of spinners from Corner Gas which I know never happened but my favorite idea that came up was young Oscar. Which, which Oscar? Sorry? How, how do you think a young Oscar would be portrayed? Do you think he would be any different? I don't think he'd be any different. I don't even think he'd look different. Oscar was born, and it, when he was born, and when they slapped <laughs> his ass in the breathing, <laughs> the first words he said was, jackass! <laughs> I can't imagine a young Oscar. I just think he was born that way. He's always been that way, even when he was in grade five. He was going, don't be a jackass. You know, he's going, that's just stupid. <laughs> what do you mean? You know? Yeah. I can't, I can't, literally can't imagine him in any other form. I mean, they had episodes when we did the live show, of course, where, where we, we'd have flashbacks. And then, then I always had, you know, they'd always put a wig on me with long hair or something like that. So I looked sort of like a hippie. But he was, he, he, yeah. he, he despised hippies. He just thought they were stupid. Let's <laughs> <laughs> never change their spots, I guess. I think that's true. He was born with those spots. He continues to have those spots. He'll die with those spots. Perhaps that'll be in his gravestone. Don't be a jackass. Well, yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking, who would win a fight between Yosemite Sam and Oscar, who I could draw a parallel between the two because of the temperament. Oh, Yosemite Sam. I don't know. I hate <laughs> to kind of, uh, I don't want to disturb Canadian-American relationships 
We're having a tough time. <laughs> We're having a tough time with China at the part at the moment. I don't want to, to us to disturb another world power by by saying that I would beat the tar out of Yosemite Sam. I won't say that in public. We'll say that privately between us. Yosemite Sam wouldn't have a chance compared to Oscar yeah. because I have a secret weapon, which is Emma. <laughs> He wouldn't have a chance. But please, with all apologies and respectfully to the United States of America, <laughs> let's just leave it there. <laughs> you double team, you tag wrestling or something. I'm totally. Um, I, I always thought that Corner Gas would work well on the stage as a play. What a, what a, what a, what a stunning idea. I'm going to steal that right away. We did a live reading once in a theater. It was hilarious. It was just wonderful. We just all sat at tables and read it, but it was all full of fans of the show. And it was, it worked very well, Yeah. but we didn't do any, you know, we didn't do costumes or anything like that. And I mean, they used to shoot like uh, sitcoms with live audiences. That would have been another way of approaching it, I guess. We could have shot it with a live audience, but that's an interesting point. I think we should promote that. Maybe as a musical too, hey, eh? what do you think? As a live uh, uh, show, oh, yeah. as a musical, you have the jackass song, and that's just yeah. stupid. What you're doing is just stupid. <laughs> and forget about Cupid, because Cupid is stupid. What, what other exciting projects have you got? Any more theater? I do have some theater probably happening around in about a month. I may be a but the big excitement in my life, at my age, of course, Ian, is the end. I don't worry about the career that much anymore. My, my thoughts are more about the impending uh, union with the cosmos. I don't, uh, I, so I hardly, I hardly think about the career anymore. Those days are behind me. Yes, that's, that's where I am. I, want you to, I, don't want, I don't want people to think that I'm, <clears throat> I'm avoiding the profundity of old age in any way shape or form <laughs> we do not look forward to that day <laughs> no no i'm not looking forward to it myself but, <laughs> but we you know we all must go through this gateway it seems well isn't that a lovely morbid way to end the podcast there <laughs> but isn't eric lovely to listen to though oh he's i could listen to him all day and that laugh of his it's just so he sounds like a naughty child like a naughty kid has got away with something just oh i could just give him a big squeeze so uh, i hope you enjoyed what you heard there i'm very sorry about some of the technical problems and the sound quality in some areas i've cut out everything i possibly could to make it sound a little bit better fiddled with the levels and things and but the next episode we'll have it all working and honed to perfection and uh, i'm working on a few special guests again It'll probably be a couple of weeks until the next one because I haven't nailed down any dates for certain people that I'm hoping that will come and have a chat with me. While I sort that out, I'll be writing some new posts for the website, www.cornergasfan.com. Please do come back and have a read of those. And if you want to get in touch, if there's anything you want to see on the site, anything you want on the podcast, anyone you'd like me to speak to, just let me know. Contact me at ianblogpaper at gmail.com or you can leave messages at the website you can also follow me on facebook 
uh, if you look for at Corner Gas Fan, that's me. It's a Corner Gas Fan Corner page I have there. There'd be all sorts of silly stuff. There's lots of lovely people there. You can leave messages, start chats with any of them. Please do. It, it's I'd love to see you there. The site itself just rolled over 40,000 reads, lifetime reads, which I'm really pleased about. At the beginning of the year, well, end of last year, I was looking to reach 20,000, which I did with an hour to spare. I wanted to do it before midnight struck on New Year's. And I did it with an hour to spare. I was really pleased. And then uh, my next target was to get 40,000 by the end of this year. Well, I'm ahead of myself. So I'd love to get to 50,000 reads by the... So by January the 1st, I'd like to hit 50,000. If you could please tell your friends, tell your relatives, tell anyone you can. If you see me on Facebook, if you see me on Twitter, on Twitter, I'm at Ian Blogpaper. Please do come and retweet and message and do anything you can just to get the word that I'm out there so I can try and reach 50,000 reads by the end of this year. And uh, that would be a fantastic Christmas present. No need to send me that action man with the Kung Fu grip if you manage to help me do that in any way, shape or form. But please do come and follow me wherever you see on the Ian blog paper or Corner Gas Fan Corner any social media please do come and see me and follow and retweet and all that good stuff anyway i've rambled on long enough thanks for listening and i look forward to seeing you pop by for the next episode of the jackass cast cheery bye (laughs) 